0: Hi there. You are listening to Machines in Between. You will laugh, you will cry, and you will become yourself for the first time. Just like Kelvin Trinsel said.
1: Where are you? Did you get lost on the trip? Did you get trapped in memory?
2: Did you forget, 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 forget?
3: I remember you, mother of memory, 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 memory.
0: organisms that are made up of a single cell but without a nucleus. They bounce around their environments and eat, collect, or interject the traces of whatever they bump into. The next stage of this long opening act of life on Earth begins with the eukaryotic single-celled organisms. Single-celled organisms with a nucleus. They came to be through this process of absorption. They added technologies, machines, that were accrued from the environment through collisions, consumptions, and combinations. Fast forward billions of years, and all the parts and features of our bodies are machines. Limbs, sensory organs, neurotransmitters, bones, blood, tendons, emotions, thoughts. Machines go way back. Our machines, ourselves. So what do we love when we love our machines? We love ourselves. There's no telling where the machines end and I begin. Sit
4: down. Sit down.
5: You're tuned in to Machines In Between. That was Donovan Schaefer.
6: With a little ditty on the evolutionary origins of our mechanical surround.
5: How we got here. Right here. Right now. So, I'm Libby Modern, an artist living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
6: And I'm John Modern, professor of religious studies at Franklin and Marshall College.
5: Here at Machines In Between, we are asking questions about religion and technology.
6: So many questions. Like, what do you love when you love your machine?
5: And what does your machine love... When it loves you. Trippy stuff. Indeed. So sit back and relax.
6: We have an amazing crew of artists, musicians, scholars joining us this evening.
5: To create a sonic experience unlike any other.
6: Using the latest audio devices. Specifically this one right here. A brand new product not yet on the market. It's called the Rosary 1653.
5: I must admit that despite my skepticism, it was pretty stunning in our last episode when the Rosary created an entire theater troupe from Sonic scratch.
6: What Kelvin Trunzel calls Sonic DNA, by the way. The Rosary is the machine. Lent to us by our sponsor,
5: Infinity 88. That we keep here in the studio to help make everything sound the way it does. On this episode, John and I are going to spin a number of songs about how, why, and to what end we depend upon our mechanical surround.
6: All those machines that give us pleasure. And pain. All those machines that allow us to remember who we are and what we have done and why. So where do we end and the machines begin? But also, when does the machine end and we begin?
5: So let us begin with Melissa Wilcox and her meditation on what lies between the skin and the sacred.
1: What lies between the skin and the sacred? Fabric? Air? earthy grit of burning incense, or dermis, capillaries, nerve endings? Does the answer, does the question, depend on whether the sacred is within or beyond the flesh? If it is within, where does it dwell? Where do you sense the sacred? So often people unthink the body from the sacred. Especially if they prefer the body. Especially if they prefer the body. But hands turn the pages of scripture. Arms bear to fill in. Knees touch the ground in prayer. Hips ache in the lotus position. So often people think the sacred. Or think the sacred is thought. What is religion? Belief. Faith. But people feel the throb of the drum, feel the presence of the spirit, feel the entry of God into the heart, the orisha into the body. In our deepest religious moments, the sacred suffuses and surrounds our flesh. What lies between the skin and the sacred? Fingertips press the pile of the prayer rug. Toes rub against deerskin. Lips brush the Torah. Tongues are awakened by the tang of wine, soothed by the weightless, tasteless tackiness of the body of Christ. Foreheads rest on divine feet. The first chords of a favorite hymn. Candles in a darkened room the press of bodies as the saint passes by, the peace of the bell or the call to prayer, the chant, the scent, the sight, the touch, the taste, the burn, the breath, we feel the sacred within. The sacred caresses the skin, inhabits it, envelops it. What lies between the skin and the sacred? Where do we allow ourselves to feel the sacred? Where do we turn our attention away? Is there a difference between lips on the crucifix, tongues on the body of Christ, lips and tongues on flesh? Where does the intensity of the sacred land filling us with joy or insight or awareness or ecstasy? Where do we allow it to be? What lies between the skin and the sacred? What of when the skin is the connection to the sacred? Hot wax on flesh, drawing focus not so hot as to sear. Needles carefully gliding through one after another. Artistry embellished with a trickle of blood whip cracks lightning bolt across sound and skin with no delay before the release of thunder and rain what of when the body is the connection to the sacred good slides over face without warning cinched tight sound and vision and scent gone from those who relished in them seconds before concentrate Open yourself. Wait. Patience. Wrists bound. Where is the line between black leather and tefillin, asks a queer Talmud workshop. Find stillness. Relinquish control. Embrace impermanence. What lies between the skin and the sacred... St. Andrew's cross and imitatio Christi, head thrown back in ecstasy and abandoned like St. Teresa penetrated. Is this indeed an angel whose spear thrusts deep? Bound hands curl around leather harness, tongue caresses wordless silicone, ball gag as the body, the balls of God. The sacred penetrates, is penetrated, suffuses, is within, is wrapped around, echoes in silence and whispers in fanfare, tastes, touches, inhales, fades, obscures, redolent and heavy, blown away on the wind. What lies between the skin and the sacred? Which answers do we refuse? Why?
6: You just heard from Melissa Wilcox.
5: Mm, I love how Melissa's piece frames the body as machine, but it's a body that is not reducible to mere mechanism.
6: Like it has a past and a future already built into it.
5: So it begs the question of whether the ones and zeros can ever compete with our dreams. With our memories. I mean, can an algorithm ever really get inside and remember for us?
6: Do you mean like human physiology might be the ultimate glitch?
5: Well, yeah, maybe. At least the body recorded your past, but also lived it. Mm. All of those parts of an experience that did not get caught.
6: Well, there is the science of memory, folks. Recollection as neuromatic encoding. Encoding associated with changes in posterior cortical regions. Mapping the network of their connections to our past. You know the drill. Downloading memories into a computer.
5: Filling in the gaps. Well, that may be what we do. But those downloads aren't necessarily human memories. Memories of the flesh.
6: I don't know. What's not human about them?
5: Maybe it's their claim to perfection. Their claim to recall without remainder
1: products created by infinity eighty eight go beyond love and grief and exist only for the good of humankind, infinity eighty eight.
5: Let's get back into the mix. What do we have coming up next?
6: Well, next up, we have an interview with Anthea Butler, made with the Rosary 1653 and its new Temporal Recognition Plugin.
5: Mm, Okay, I'll bite. What in God's (laughs) name is a Temporal (laughs) Recognition Plugin?
6: Well, Kelvin sent it along when he found out that we were making some segments on the future of memory.
5: Oh, so just another Rosary update. Conducive to
6: conversation and recall both.
5: So here is Anthea Butler the Geraldine R. Segal Professor in American Social Thought and Chair of Religious Studies at the University of Pennsylvania, talking about her time on Twitter and something we think a lot about here at Machines in Between.
6: What is the future of scholarship in this digital and digitizing age?
7: You know, they've talked about how Twitter changes your brainwave. Think in a different way. Think in a different way. The stream is coming and I'm processing the stream. This was a way in which I could just get this in real time and then come up with things and think about things in a very different way. Twitter changes your brainwave. know me as Anthea Butler or um, at Prof B at Twitter and so yeah that's who I am Used to rank it. So basically, to me, Twitter was the fastest, most mobile thing. You know, Facebook was like for your grandma or somebody, or where you wanted to post up your kids or everything else. You know, what was the thing that had the shorts in it? Oh, I know. This is gone now. Periscope was really great because it was like you could see something happening live. Before there was TikTok, there was Vine, which was really great because you could get these shorts out. I mean, see how much stuff I remember, right? And, you know, so it was all these different things. And then Snapchat was another way to do this, Instagram. Tumblr. Like, I've been on almost all of these. I think the other thing is that there's been a disdain of, you know, public square in which you really don't want to be on this, it's not really scholarship. How are you really sharing this stuff? public intellectuals african-americans have always had to be public intellectuals because of racism and so while other people have been willing to just say i can just be in my scholarship i can't just be in my scholarship every day because they shoot down my people every day you know i might get shot at the bus stop i might get something happen to me because of some fucking racist so basically this is why i feel free enough to say what i'm saying here is because it's about my existential survival and the survival of people who look like me One thing I've learned is that people are deeply interested in religion whether they are religious or not. So you know I've ended up getting a lot of atheist friends because of this because they are just like I don't care about religion but you explain this to us in such a way that we can understand it and you don't patronize us which I think is good I understood religion from different parts around the world being an Americanist you kind of tend to focus in on one thing but having conversations with people all around the world and how religion shapes them and forms them to do either justice issues or how they live their lives or their practices I've learned a lot more by being on Twitter and talking to real people instead I did through books or, you know, engaging with, you know, an academic conversation about it. I think what I've also learned is that people are very interested, obviously, in religion and politics and how, you know, especially in the American context, how, you know, religion is driven by politics and vice versa. I think for me, that has been the biggest space, which has both been a contention and that. But I think the other thing that I cannot discount is how much more better read that I am that I would have ever been had I not been on Twitter. In other words, what I mean by that is there's lots of other things that inform religion that are not about religion at all, but we need to be reading across, you know, across disciplines, across magazines, and all different kind of literary forms. And that's what Twitter did. I saw things that I would never have seen otherwise on my own if I was just looking at, say, a search engine. And watching that, you know, evolve has been really important. one more thing what i've also learned about the world is that there's some really evil ass people out here and so all the hate that i got on twitter and all the racism and all the craziness that i got on twitter also taught me about the kinds of people we have not just in this nation but in this world
5: Welcome back. That was Anthea Butler, recorded through the rosary, and, well, I thought that sounded pretty amazing. And amazing, too, to consider how social media, well, mediates us. Well,
6: yes and no. Mediation implies two things, does it not? Okay. I mean, when I think about the division between human and the machine, I find that to be a binary that I'd rather not assume from the beginning.
5: But surely you must admit that there are differences. Between human and machine? Differences that are more subtle than a simple shift.
6: I want to be able to think without those tired cliches of humans versus the machine.
5: You know, they just get in the way. So we could do better with our categories. Because there's always this encounter.
6: What came first, the human or the machine? Or the human-machine encounter?
5: (laughs) Well, the encounter is always happening, I guess. Human beings wouldn't be what they are without those encounters that extend capacities.
6: And the so-called machines wouldn't be what they are without you.
5: Maybe the whole encounter with machines, Mm -hmm. its repetitions, and its compulsions, all the hemming and hawing. It's just an elaborate game we like to play.
6: Maybe even a new religion. Myth, ritual, sacrifice, repeat.
5: That is a good segue into our next piece from Elijah Siegler. He conducted some fascinating interviews with teenagers about how they invented a religion on Minecraft.
6: It's what they love when they love their machine. Um,
8: I'm Milo, and I'm 15 years old, and uh, for me, religion is a collective community that worships a certain concept that's of higher belief.
4: I'm Evelyn, I'm 12 years old, and I think religion is like, I guess, a collection of like beliefs that people hold, either like a small religion or a big one, and it's like, it's not necessarily like, it might not always be worshipping something, it's usually that, but there's like prayers, there's texts, there's all that.
9: 16, and religion is a a set of beliefs in some form that connect to a deity usually or a higher concept. I'm Dimitri and I'm 14, and religion is um, a place where people go to pray and worship a god.
8: when i first like connected with all of these people on um, a minecraft server i kind of wanted a way to uh get them all together and like meet people on the server so that's when i like first started creating like our first like sign of religion um so that's why like when you create a religion in minecraft you like make up your own rules like for online religion you really don't need much and anyone can really do it I started um, building a uh, staircase that evolved into like a temple, and as it like progressed, um, eventually we made up a whole religion. And then as I saw more and more players from the server like having interest in it, I just started expanding the religion. And then eventually, like uh, Devlin, Colin, and Dimitri all like joined the religion, and they expanded it further, and it became like a really big thing. And like most religions that are made in Minecraft, like including the one we did, was like heavily inspired by like what we've learned from like outside religion. Like, Um, yeah, there were, I guess,
4: shoot, what are those called? Um, the, they're like in like churches. There's the rows of seats, pews. Pews. We had those in like our church, and there's like a podium, lectern. Yeah, it was a lectern which holds a book in Minecraft. It's like. A little stand with a book. So we had that Lots and you could take it out and like write anything in.
9: Pretty much. There's like
4: a whole book of communal prayers where we would like everybody would like write something was anonymous. Around. Yeah. We wrote
9: a whole Bible. We kind of worshipped the creator of the game, Notch. So Notch, Notch Notch started coding the game in I think 2007, pretty much by himself, and then he worked with another guy who runs the creative aspect of it now. Um, Notch sold the game to Microsoft for 2.5 billion dollars, I think. In 2014. Yeah, 2014, I think. And uh, Notch kind of went into another strange direction. Yeah, he's kind of like he's like a QAnon guy now. Um, He's not great. It's kind of been a, a little bit of a meme, like a, a bit of a joke, Notch, uh, worshipping him, so we thought, well I guess Milo thought that yeah. it would be funny to make a temple out of him, right? And
4: like, yeah. the whole concept of worshipping Notch, if you look up, I think, Temple of Notch, there's like, thousands of them, there's like a whole-
9: Yeah, there was an original- like, There's an, there's an original map of like,
4: his Minecraft skin, and like, tears coming out, I don't know, it was a big waterfall.
8: But yeah.
9: If you might accidentally do something that's different from what you do, like maybe your finger slips and you press a different key and then you discover a glitch. It's kind of, it's not really divine experience, but I guess it's encountering something that you don't recognize. It's interesting because the amount of devotion people, some people have to Minecraft is absurd. Like it's—it's it's, it's on a psychotic level pretty much. Yeah. People have built working, uh, working computers in Minecraft. Want you to know, one guy. He, it was
4: some dude actually built Minecraft inside of Minecraft. Yeah, like using so using, just, u- thing. using pure,
9: just like uh, pure one, like, binary code.
4: In yeah, it's like binary code, just like on off. You
9: know. It's amazing.
8: the most like I wouldn't say it might not have been religious but it was like I got goosebumps while it was happening was like the closing ceremony for for our um, temple that we yeah, made we blew it up. yeah we blew it up we um, burned our items and we played um, like Ave Maria and everyone was there and <laughs> it was so funny it, it, was, it was so funny but it was also like really cool and um, kind of like a perfect ending so I, I felt like That was, like, one of the coolest experiences I've had in Minecraft.
9: Yeah, it was fun.
8: And I'd I'd compare that to any, like, religious experience that I've had.
4: Machine.
5: That
6: really makes you think about the future of religion. And what stories from our childhood we will tell ourselves in order to be religious or not, or some fuzzy space in between.
5: How are we going to remember anything of significance when everything is being recorded? Which memories will become precious and which ones will get lost in the iPhone shuffle?
6: Well, the Rosary 1653 is an interesting test case, no? How so? How so? Well, I've been awash in memories all week. After installing the temporal recognition update, I began to have crazy, vivid dreams that lingered all day long. I felt like I could tune into the past. Kelvin did say that the update was really effective, but here, let me show you right now. It's, it's pretty intense. Okay. Okay, just a second. So Let me see if I press this button here. Turn that now to three o'clock just so i met kelvin at a conference in copenhagen a large room with round dinner tables fancy forks folded napkins glimmering glass pitchers of water i didn't know anybody so i sat down in an empty seat at an empty table A middle-aged man in a navy green sweater and khakis walked up, smiled, and said, Hi, my name is Kelvin Trinzel. He poured us both a glass of water and told me, I am the CEO of Infinity 88, an international tech wellness group headquartered in Wichita, Kansas. I am here because I attend at least one conference every month that has something to do with the history, poetry, and cultures of our world's hurtling ascent. Ascending into what he did not say, Kelvin glanced down at my name tag. And what are you doing here? I told him I was giving a talk the next day on the Firestone Rubber Plantation, then he looked at me as if he already knew what I was going to say. Kelvin leaned into the table just a smidgen and said, I am currently testing out a new product that one of my teams has been working on for over five years. It's called the Rosary 1653. Without missing a beat, he smiled, took another sip of water, and asked, Do you ever use machines or do you just write about them? There was an awkward pause. Kelvin leaned in a little closer and he asked, What's the angle? What are you up to? What do you love when you love your machine? That was incredible. I I just started talking, and the scene became perfectly formed. It, It is like it's happening all over again.
5: Huh. I remember you telling me that story about Kelvin, but what I heard right there, that was just your voice? You remembering?
6: Started talking, and the words come out. I guess that's what this temporal reconstruction update does. Kelvin said it takes your voice and immediately mixes it with the original emotional context from the memory embedded in the frequencies. And then it coordinates the emotional grid with the material grid of that same scene.
5: You mean with the lanyards and badges?
6: And the awkward chatter?
5: So you hear yourself through the rosary thing, remembering?
6: You hear yourself hearing yourself remember.
0: Hey, did you hey, hear, did that, you hear sound? that sound? You're
4: listening, You're listening to machines in between. Me. Don't go away.
3: say but how did the bats get it the 5g it was the 5g that transmitted it to the bats and the bats gave it to everyone in that market so now everyone gets the vaccine the 5g connects everyone and everything it amplifies the electromagnetic frequencies it irradiates everyone but it's more than that they can hear everything you say and everything you think see where you go know what you buy what you want who you want the machines know everything and they can hack it lock your car doors with you inside make your toaster pop with no bread play music you don't like terrible satanic music that's how they give you ideas they don't just hear your thoughts they give you thoughts. They have so many towers, so many transmitters. You're not safe anywhere. You're not safe in your own home. There's waves, radio waves, radiation waves. They transmit. That's how they gave it to the bats from the 5G.
6: That was the latest song from Susanna Crockford's Conspiracy EP, an origin story about our post-pandemic lives, maybe even a new stage in human evolution.
5: Okay, I am beginning to really like the performance there. A Machine has definitely made its way in and out. Very cool how Susanna is kind of making this paranoid meta-critique of the Rosary. What?
6: About the Rosary? I'm not... Mm -hmm. really sure.
5: Well, it reminds me of what we were talking about earlier, how memories are being mechanized in the lab. So the rosary helped you to convince yourself that its effects were your causes. Something like that,
6: I I guess. But artificial intelligence is becoming more and more natural all the time.
5: But chat GPT or even the rosary are just sophisticated inventions. They might enhance or make things fun or even make us a little money. But they do not capture, dare I say it, something quite real about the human predicament. But
6: the Rosary has been spot on in generating the sonic emotional tracks of the segments we've been working with so far. It's even helped me retrieve memories that I had totally forgotten about.
5: What do you mean? Which ones?
6: All kinds. New ones all the time.
5: Okay, I have heard of memory-enhancing drugs,
6: but... Here, let me show you. The new plug-in comes with a memory extraction mode. Listen to this. What are you doing
7: exactly?
4: I remember the Christmas story. It all began when a carpenter named Joseph married a young woman named Mary. An angel told Mary she'd become the mother of the Savior. And the angel also told her to name her son Jesus. It was a night to remember. Oh, man.
6: Wow. That was when I was the narrator in my church Christmas play. I was like eight. That's crazy. It was called A Night to Remember.
5: That sounds like somebody from your church recorded that. I don't think so.
4: I, I don't know what I got. I might as well go boom. I got Thai Slider, King Kong, Chewbacca, got blankets... I got Star Wars people. I got kiss, kiss, and I got kiss stuff. And I got shit out of space. And I got and I got Superman toothbrush. I mean Star Wars toothbrush. And I got
6: candy by the dozen. Oh my god, that's me too. I remember that Christmas. <laughs> King Kong and Star Wars.
5: <laughs> that's quite the haul. But seriously, how is it doing that?
7: It's really a miracle of evolution. All this machine does is swim and sharks, and that's
5: all. Is that Jaws?
6: Whoa. I used to tape a lot of stuff when I was a kid. That's the time when I sat in front of the TV and taped Sunday night movies of the week. My grandmother was pretty amused.
5: So the Jaws tape exists somewhere.
6: Not to my knowledge. I'm, I'm pretty certain that I threw it away.
5: But then how did the rosary get a hold of it?
6: I have no idea. Not sure it had to. Maybe something to do with the sonic DNA thing.
5: What other channels are there?
4: It's starting to rain again, and the rain has uh, cracked up a little bit. It burst than the flames. Get this started, get this started. It's crazy, and it's crazy. It's rising. terrible. Say hello Grandma. Happy New
5: Year. Was that your grandma? I think so.
4: noises. This is the funniest noise in town. Yes, it is, folks. What a rockin' What a What a rockin' What a rockin'
2: ever
5: A young Johnny...
6: Okay. That was wild.
5: A trip down memory lane.
6: I used to dress up with my friend Mike and have Kiss concerts. I know I never taped those.
5: But all those tapes must exist. Or existed long enough for the rosary to have gained access to them. Stored in a closet somewhere?
6: I don't know. I think they were just my real memories. They certainly felt like real memories.
5: But... At best, that was a technical imagination of your imagination of your memories.
6: But that was me. For sure. And my grandma too. That reality exists somewhere out there, or maybe just in my brain either way. I think those memories can be restored.
5: Okay, but every time I learn something new, I have misgivings. I am really thinking we should try recording things without the rosary mix it up a little?
6: Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm waiting for one last final update. Seriously? Kelvin said it would fix any reception issues, identify and correct any natural mutations in the sonic DNA.
5: But still, isn't there something being left out in this elaborate reconstruction of memory?
6: But memory doesn't just happen. It's It's a naturally occurring phenomenon. It emerged as an evolutionary product.
5: But that's memory in general. The Rosary is neither general nor natural. It is leaving something out or putting something in. But
6: the rosary is doing exactly what the cerebral cortex is already doing.
5: But the rosary wasn't there at the beginning. What
6: beginning? The actual experience. But we're always changing. Cortical neurons learning on their own so that we can voluntarily remember things, reanimating neural responses to remembered stimuli, but not confusing that reanimation with what is happening right in front of us, old representations interacting with newer ones.
5: But in that vision of the human, memory is already a machine.
6: Exactly. We may be human, but we are also anthropoids, primates, mammals, vertebrates, and machines too. By embracing all of our ancestors, maybe we can finally become ourselves?
5: That sounds naive, John. A little woo-woo, and a little paranoid. No. No. That's basic science. So, where do we end and the machines begin?
6: Not where, Libby. But when.
2: Next time on Machines in Between, the future becomes the past as John and Libby await the last rosary update from Kelvin Trenzel. Robot horizons are considered, and clues are abused, featuring segments from John Rubin, Joseph Delpesco, Philip Butler, Joe Blankholm, and Alexis Wells-Ogogama. The next episode of Machines in Between will present another world, yet one to which you will feel the tie. Today you heard from Melissa Wilcox, Professor and Chair of Religious Studies at the University of California, Riverside. Anthea Butler, the Geraldine R. Segal Professor in American Social Thought and Chair of Religious Studies at the University of Pennsylvania. Elijah Siegler, Professor of Religious Studies at the College of Charleston. Susanna Crawford, Senior Lecturer in Anthropology at the University of Exeter. And Donovan Schaefer, Assistant Professor of Religious Studies at the University of Pennsylvania. Sound ecology for Machines in Between is provided by Nikki Kroll and Vincent Smalldoon. Engineering by Mike Newman. Machines in Between is generously funded by the Henry Luce Foundation and Franklin and Marshall Center for Sustained Engagement with Lancaster. Community partners include Lancaster Conservancy, Modern Art, and Music for Everyone. Advisory board members for Machines in Between include Courtney Bender, Sylvester Johnson, Hillary Kale, Larone Martin, and Kelvin Trinzel. Your hosts are John and Libby Modern. If you've enjoyed this episode of Machines in Between, you will enjoy our back catalog as well. A special drops from the Infinity 88 listening hour brought to you by Infinity 88. One more thing, be sure to check out the schedule for the Vinyl Church, an interactive installation that accompanies this audio series. At the Vinyl Church, you will laugh, you will cry, and you will become washed in the blood of Machines in Between. Located at 529 West Chestnut Street in Lancaster, PA, the Vinyl Church will be open through May of 2023. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next time on Machines in Between.
0: neither machines in between nor infinity 88 are legally responsible for the effects of the rosary 1653 upon voluntary listeners the act of listening is considered a contractual agreement by pennsylvania state authorities in accordance with federal regulations and maritime law the act of listening is considered an act of commerce whereby frequencies may be leveraged for their informational content and future commercial sale the rosary 1653 may or may not affect domestic pets it may or may not precipitate terrorist threats prolonged exposure in humans is inevitable and is hereby considered a force majeure in addition to temporal ecstasy symptoms may or may not include headache nausea vomiting and dizziness the sounds presented on machines in between are not offered as legal instruction those sounds possess legal liability only to the degree that the listener possesses a sound mind. No listener should act on the basis of those sounds without seeking appropriate professional, legal, and medical advice as to the particular facts and applicable laws involved. Neither machines in between nor Infinity 88 are legally responsible for specific facts or particularities of jurisdiction. That's on you.
1: To truly enjoy our products, you must achieve binary spirituality. To achieve binary spirituality, you must understand that there is an infinite number of zeros that never lead to the number one. And then, in the end, there is the number one. And that is you, Infinity 88.
0: Infinity 88,
1: restoring nature's balance through technology.